Chapter Three of Only a Ghost by Arrhenius the Deacon by Sabine Baring Gould. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Three The Popular Preacher. There was a great crowd within St. Timothy's Church, and many stood in the centre passage and in the doorway. Except the mere fact of this standing crowd, I could not see anything that the least reminded me of Holy Cross Church. At the end of the building, where in my day the altar would have stood, I saw a high wooden rostrum, from which a grave, thin, yellow-looking person preached. He was clothed in a mourning garment of solemn black. "'Is he doing penance for the sins of the people?' said I to Boodle. "'What are you thinking of?' he answered. "'The penance is, I should say, on the side of those who listen.' The faithful here were shut four or five together between very high walls. I supposed they were the wooden walls of old England, which I had heard of since I had been in London. Boodle told me the service began later at St. Timothy's than at St. Silas's, and that the sermon from the Reverend Ebenezer Growler was quite the thing to hear. The preacher was exciting himself in a manner which did my heart good to see, for I thought such earnestness would not fail to hit the mark. Listen, said Boodle, quite a burst of eloquence. And the preacher thumped the cushion in front of him, balanced himself on his toes, and shouted, Take heed, brethren, of all superstition, above all of that new heresy called ritualism. Remember we have no priesthood, no sacrifice. Good heavens, I whispered to Boodle. Does he not remember what the blessed Andrew said when taken before the Roman prefect? Blessed fiddlestick, replied Boodle. You don't suppose a popular preacher has time to read anything, do you? I was amazed. I listened with shuddering frame to an elaborate disproof of what we at Holy Cross used to call the Catholic faith. We were exhorted by Mr. Growler not to attend church except on the Sabbath not to believe in absolution, not to believe in the priesthood, not to believe in times and seasons, not to esteem one day more than another, but above all to beware of certain churches which he named in full. As we came out, after three quarters of an hour of this wonderful performance, I said, Are the objectionable churches tenanted by Gnostics? By what? said Boodle by adherents of the Gnostic heresy. I never heard of that heresy. We've plenty here, but none of that name, that I know of, at least. Tell me, I asked, are these people superstitiously devoted to the priesthood? Do they throng to the churches to confess their sins before the whole congregation? Do they crowd inconveniently to the services, so that their duties in the world are seriously hindered? My dear fellow, it's all you can do to get them to come to church once a week. Then why did he preach to them as if they were never out of it? Because that sort of thing goes down. The people haven't the slightest intention of honoring the priesthood, or of flocking to the churches, or of giving alms, or of beautifying God's house, and so the Reverend Ebenezer preaches up the holiness and ugliness and the filthiness of good works, and the people love to have it so and he is asked to three dinners every night of the week. But he told them that it was enough to keep the Sabbath, 
and yet they were keeping the Lord's day. Now, the primitive Christians kept both for a long time, but by degrees left off the Jewish Sabbath. His language was a little confused. Don't be alarmed, said Boodle. We haven't the slightest intention of keeping two Sundays a week. One is quite enough. When he said the Sabbath, he meant the Lord's day. When he said Saturday, he meant Sunday. Very well. I shall know another time, I meekly remarked. Just then I saw floating close to me the shade of the Reverend Edward Starch. "'Perfectly disgusting, was it not?' muttered the ghost. "'I am not sure it was more so than your pet service at St. Silas's,' I replied. "'Why so?' calmly inquired the ghost. "'Because there the preacher took certain truths for granted, but did not act on them. There was the appearance, but not the reality. He exhorted us to attend the Eucharist, and then sent us away without it. Now the preacher at St. Timothy's told us that there was nothing in anything, and gave us nothing. St. Cyril would be very much astonished at both of them. Huh, said the ghost, and quietly floated away. Now this dialogue being spoken in spirit language was utterly inaudible to my friend Boodle. He merely thought I was looking up to see if it were going to rain. But tell me, I continued, as we walked along the street. What have the churches done with excited Mr. Growler's wrath to that enormous pitch? St. Chad's and St. Thurston's and St. Ethelbert's and the others? Oh, nothing that I can understand. As far as I know, they have kept exactly to the directions of the Book of Common Prayer, and when there were no directions, they have tried to find out what was done at the time the book was compiled. That does not sound so very bad. But of course Mr. Growler is very particular in following the directions of some superior authority, as he is so anxious to make others take offence at the brethren. Not at all. He does the whole thing in his own way, taking what he pleases and leaving out what he pleases. But people don't mind it because he gives them very little trouble, and they come out pretty much the same as when they went in. Now the man at St. Chad's is always worrying about fasting and praying, and confessing your sins and the like, and people get no peace of their lives with his brother. That sounds more like Holy Cross, thought I. He is such a nuisance that Growler has sent two fellows to watch him, to see if he does anything actionable. He might bend his knee half an inch too low, or have too many things on the altar, and then Growler would have him up before the justices in a jiffy. Then the persecution here has not yet ended, I said, my spirits rising at the prospect of something like primitive Christianity. You still hear the pagan cry, to the lions with the Christians? Something like that, but the curious part of it is that instead of a pagan cry, it is now a Christian cry, and instead of the lions, it is the lion and the unicorn. But come to me next Sunday, and I will show you what goes on at St. Chad's. The kindly boodle turned the corner, waving his hand to me, and again I saw the shade of the Reverend Edward Starch. "'You won't like St. Chad's at all,' said he. "'I wouldn't go there if I were you. It's not in the least like anything Charles I saw, or Laud, or Sancroft. It's not in the least like the interior of Bishop Andrew's chapel, in the Hierurgia Alicana. It's not in the least like St. George's Chapel, Windsor.' or St. James's, Piccadilly. 
but my dear ghost i replied you forget i have nothing to do with either i go back far beyond two hundred or even three hundred years i am looking for primitive christianity such as i remember it in the days of the blessed cyril the ghost sank his head sadly if you are wise said he you'll keep to the use of the last three hundred years my three hundred years are as good as yours said i rather cantankerously i must own considering that i was a ghost of fifteen hundred and twenty years standing End of chapter three